Let's have a round of applause for Carl. Yeah. <laughs> well, you might, some of you might not know who she is, you know, you're clapping at the moment, but uh, all will be made clear. <laughs> so Carmel's our CAP Manager Centre um, here in Cheltenham. Um, and uh, so we'll let the band get down as well. Um, so, um, Good morning. <laughs> let, let you speak, yes, of course. Um, so uh, it's great to have you with us on this uh, very sunny day. And um, there we are, I can get some social distancing in there as well now. <laughs> um, so if you uh, would like to start, I mean, the, the first question for me really is what inspired you to get involved and to be a debt coach with CAP? Uh, yeah, this is a really lovely story, well, I think it is. Um, so I had a friend, I've got a friend who works for CAP, and probably about 10 years ago or more, she, um, we met up, she worked in Bradford and had coffee, and she was just sharing her heart for the poor and, um, and how they minister uh, sharing the gospel. And I was really touched and quite excited. And then I started reading Nevertheless, and this really moved me. Uh, the story of how John started the charity through brokenness and um, himself and then coming to faith and ministering to the poor. And I remember um, reading it and being really excited and I was sat in bed and I just said, God, I really want to do something like this. And at that point, there wasn't a debt center in Cheltenham. Um, and then a few years later, Andy Brown started it and he got in touch with different churches and that's how I got involved. So, and I never actually thought that I would do it, but there you go. You never know when you pray what happens. Excellent. That's a nice story. Very good. Excellent. Be careful when you pray then. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah. That's the message there. And <laughs> I do pray. Yeah. So what opportunities would you say you'd had to share the good news of Jesus as you've been going yeah. around your, your visits? So this is one of the joys of the work is whenever we go to a visit, we go with a befriender um, and we go as Christians against poverty. So they know we're Christians and um, uh, I love the way we have the freedom to offer prayer and it's often through praying for clients uh, that it opens up opportunities to share the gospel or uh, certain aspects of um, Jesus, the Father, the God. So I've had quite a lot of opportunities. But one thing um, that's on my heart I'd love you to pray about is many of our clients are really vulnerable. So when we go in um, sharing about the, the love of a Father God who wants to be reconciled to them, actually they haven't got a clue what that means because many of them have come from really broken backgrounds um, I have many at the moment who've been abused as children, who were orphaned, neglected in care, and um, they don't quickly have a grasp of the gospel, many of them. So, um, and one of them came to faith last year, where well, she responded to the gospel, but she didn't really understand what she was saying yes to. Um, but her wonderful befriender has been nurturing her, and every time they meet, she'll just share a little bit more about Jesus. And so she's slowly growing. And she's seen answers to prayer, uh, amazing answers to prayer. And so she knows there's truth in it, but she's very, very damaged. So please pray for our clients that God would reveal miraculously his father heart to them. That's brilliant. Yeah, so it's yeah. become the process for a lot of these people. Yeah, yeah. I, I really think it is. I mean, I think people do respond immediately, but actually a lot of them don't have a clue what they've responded to. And you see that later on. So it's a whole nurturing of, of people and, and showing practical love. So when you do something really practical for them, they're blown away because nobody's ever done that. Even like giving hampers, that one client said to me, nobody's ever done this for me before. Um, so those practical things are really, really important. 
That's excellent. That's yeah. really, really good. So on the praying supernatural side, let's get into that if you want. Yeah. What have you seen God do and, and, and provide for in yeah. people's and clients', in clients lives? Lots of um, examples of this. And actually, God uses us. So supernatural, yes, but very often he uses his people. Um, so one example, I love this. So apologies if I've told you before. But a client who early in lockdown, I saw her, we sat outside. She was very, very depressed. Uh, serious health issues, can't walk, um, and she, she was talking about committing suicide. And I said to her, okay, how about if we were able to pray about getting you a mobility scooter? And she said, sure, pray, you can pray. So I put it on the prayer chain. We prayed at our um, prayer group, and somebody um, contacted me and said, I would like to buy her a mobility scooter. And she's been bought a lovely red, shiny mobility scooter, and it has transformed her life because she can now get on it, and she can get out and see people um, and she is a totally different person now to she was two years ago. Um, and I was able to share the gospel. She, she did say to me, like, I'm not ready to respond yet. So can you just pray that she wouldn't leave it too long? Um, she's got a little gospel track. She's read it. She understands it. But she's not, for whatever reason, ready to respond. That's, I can give more examples. Is that enough? No, that's great. That is, that's <laughs> nice. That's, that's lovely, though. It's lovely to hear things are going on there. It's really, really encouraging. So from us as a church, C3, mm. how can we help? What can we do to, um, to, yeah. to provide or to, to so do whatever? So the most important thing is actually to pray. Uh, we do have a prayer meeting, a third Tuesday of the month, but also have a WhatsApp prayer group. And um, if you want to pray for an individual client, I can anonymize it. It would always be anonymized. Um, and I can give you details just to pray into people's lives. Um, that is probably the most important. Secondly, you can befriend. I've got amazing befrienders in this church, so I want to say a huge thank you. Um, really, um, they're amazing. Um, we couldn't do the work without them. Uh, you can give financially. We need financial support to keep the centre going. And can you please pray, I need a debt coach. I really, really need somebody to do a day a week of what I do. In fact, I've got one for Tewkesbury, who's hey, being trained right like now, Tewksbury. which is brilliant. <laughs> but I want another one or two for Cheltenham. Very right. nice. Excellent. Fantastic. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah. Uh, that's, unless you've got anything else to add to, to all of that. God is good. <laughs> that's good. Let's give a round of applause. Thank you very much. For those that don't know a huge amount about the amazing work that CAP do, by the way, we're going to show a, a quick video at this particular point, if that can work, um, and then um, I'll come up later. Life before CAP was, um, it, was a, it was a very dark place. Um, I had just lost a, a baby um, who was born sleeping and um, I had just fled domestic violence um, from my ex-husband and um, I was homeless <laughs> um, and living in a refuge uh, with my son who was um, three at the time. And yeah, I was deeply depressed and had um, encountered a lot of panic attacks and it was just overwhelming. Life was overwhelming with the situation I was facing. One of the things I accumulated from my ex-husband <laughs> was um, debt, a mountain of debt. And um, that was very, very difficult to address because it was um, it, 
I just I just couldn't face it. I really just couldn't face it because it was uh, just too much, too much for me to cope with at the time with all the other stuff going on. So I found out about Christians Against Poverty when a friend of mine said to me, oh, you know, why don't you give Cap a go and give that burden of the debt to someone else to carry? I remember when Rachel came to the door um, uh, I was at the refuge at the time. I, I just remember handing over this, this bag of um, paperwork to her. I didn't have to deal with the paperwork anymore, all the letters, unopened letters and the phone calls. I just started to feel freedom and, and knowing that that cap was dealing with it all, it, it was just such a relief. When I started seeing how my income um, and I had money left over every month and uh, things like that and I started saying oh wow actually this is working for, for us I have a little treat you know in um, you know an ice cream or something and it just it, that's I think that's I started to feel like there was hope I remember the day I became debt free that was it was just an amazing ex it, it just yeah it just it, it made me speechless <laughs> and uh, I think I was jumping up and down in joy and happiness and feeling free, free of the debt and being able to, um, feeling like I can move forward now with my life. Uh, I don't have this hanging over and plus I've learned how to budget. Uh, one of the amazing things I remember going to is the cap discovery breaks. Yeah, I just felt like so free. I just found joy and peace. And that was, that was, that was Jesus, that was God. And so I gave my life, life to Jesus fully that day. A couple of months after I got baptized uh, in my church, uh, All Saints, that people were just so genuinely wanting to help me and my son. And that's something that I've not come across before. She is an inspiration because of the journey that she has been on from when I first met her to where she is right now. From her being alone in a, a refuge home to being a person who is confident right now to share her faith and help in the community. Um, to, from her being burdened by debt to her being set free from debt and she's always there at hand to help and share her story all the time. So she is an inspiration. Oh, it's good, isn't it? Wonderful, very inspiring to hear. Very good. And if you want to get in contact with Car uh, to Carmel, then she's there, grab her before she leaves. Um, about anything to do with CAP that she's mentioned, but um, there's a number that will appear on the slide behind me as well, so um, please contact that. Now, um, very briefly, I'm going to shorten today's message, obviously because we've been talking already, but we're still going through our Lent series on Mark at the moment, and um, what we're going to do at the moment is look at uh, Mark 8, verses 34 to 37, and um, this is the, the whole point of the topsy-turvy kingdom principles, if you like, of life. Jesus said to them, if you truly want to follow me, you should at once completely disown 
your own life. And you must be willing to share my cross and experience it as your own as you continually surrender to my ways. If you let go for my, so if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. For what use is it to gain all the wealth and power of this world with everything it could offer you at the cost of your own life? And what could be more valuable to you, to you than your own soul? So I call this message, what are you building? Or what are we building, really? Because is it a, build, is it a kingdom that lasts forever? Or is it a kingdom that lasts just for the temporary? Um, and, um, and really, that is what things come down to. When I was learning to be a teacher, a maths teacher, for 20 years now, I can still fire some times tables if we're interested, but I won't. If you're interested to look at this, the first thing, one of the first things, I had a deputy head that came to watch one of my lessons. She wrote down all of these notes as they do to, to get you better and to say this is what needs to improve. And one of the things she wrote down was the whiffing factor. Okay? That there. The whiffing factor. What do you think that stands for? W-I-I-F-M. There's a bar of chocolate. <laughs> if you get that one. Go on. What's in it for me? Very good. You win. That's, that's a nice milky bar. One pound. So there you go. No expense spared. But the whiffing factor, what's in it for me? And the thing is that that was what she was talking about in my lessons was that you've got to get the kids to buy into the lesson. So you've got to let the kid know that there's something in it for them. Because kids basically have to be in your maths lesson by law. That's the, that's the, only, <laughs> that's the only reason they're coming through the door. Um, so you, there's got to be an extra reason for them to engage, for them to buy into it. Uh, so that's why I started giving out chocolate. Obviously, that seems to work sometimes. Um, and it's the wrong way around of thinking because kingdom principles are upside down from the world's way of thinking. With him, what's in it for me is what drives a lot of people. It's what drives all of us at times. How can I get more? How can I get more money? How can I get more possessions? How can I get more power? How can I get more influence? How can I get the next new toy, whatever it is? Yes, it, it's the thing that gets us a way of thinking that's, how will this be the most rewarding life possible? Well, if I get more, then that will be more rewarding. And that makes a lot of sense. But it's relent this, this relentless pursuit of more is absolutely deceptive. And I know why it comes in, and I am going to get mathsy now, very briefly, just show the graph. All right, this is a graph now. So if I doubled your salary right now, you would get happier. All right? You would feel more satisfied. I'm sorry you would. Yeah, I love you going, mm, I wouldn't mind, you know, because I could buy a new car, a new helicopter, whatever, wherever your level of status is right now. So that bit there going up, that's you going, way. I'm more happy now. And you are. You would be happy for about three months. And then it would come down again, and you would be exactly where you were before, just with a new helicopter. And that would all it would be. And then you'd go on a bit more, and then I'd double it again. And you would have three months where it would go higher again. And then it would come down. And the thing is that it never gets any better. You just go up on this crazy spiral. But what's going on in your head is, I feel really good when I get more money. Because I can buy, you know, now, now you've got like a, a massive house. And a, full of helicopters and whatever it is, is that your heart desires. We went past Millionaire's Row in Stratford yesterday. Oh my word. 
I think a footballer lived there, and it was huge houses, but we said we just need a team of cleaners to live there. Do you know what I mean? Actually, I'm quite content that I don't have to have a team of cleaners. We, we struggle with the size, the size of houses we've got at the moment. But the, the way it is that we, we constantly think, or oh, it's so easy, I say, to think that way and just think that if I had more, if I had more. Now, this is wrong if you don't know where the next meal is coming from. I should say that. If you don't know where the next meal is coming from, then speak to me and we'll sort something out because that's completely different. Yes, if you have more money and you don't know where the next meal is coming from, that does make a big, big difference. Outside of that small area there, generally speaking, it makes no difference whatsoever. Wealthier people are no happier than me or you a lot of the time. So let's get back into the scripture. Mark 8, 34. 35 says, if you let your life go for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, you will continually experience true life. But if you choose to keep your life for yourself, you will forfeit what you try to keep. A pursuit of this, what's in it for me, is the beginning of us losing our way. It's the beginning of us losing our soul, our life, if you like. Um, in the Greek, that is a condition of our living. So it's healthiness, happiness, vi energy, vitality. I'm not saying if you start sinning, you start getting ill. But the, what I am saying is we start losing our vitality. We start losing our joy, if you like, in life. Conversely, as we surrender to Jesus and his kingdom principles, our attitude becomes more about him and not about us. And that there is massive. It's not about my empire now. It's about his glory. It's not about my popularity anymore. It's about him. And it's all about him. And with the right heart, that has to be crucial in this, with the love in our heart as we invest our time, as we invest our resources, our money into the kingdom, that's where we start to experience true joy. That's where we start to experience true life and true freedom. It is an incredible freedom in being generous. Did you know that? <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> there is an incredible generous, uh, incredible generous in being freedom. Um, remember that one instead then. Um, because generosity is the very nature of God. Isn't it? Yes, that's who God is. He is a God who's generous. He is constantly looking to give into our lives. Right now, he's looking at our lives going, do you know what, I could make your life better by doing this, this, and this. I'd love to impart more love, more spirit, more. He's constantly on the looking out to give. God loves to give. John 3, 16 says this, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that we may, or whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. He's a giving God. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior today, then you need to know that he gave Jesus so that we could have an eternal relationship with him, one that goes on forever. And we'll talk about that later. But he loves to give. He loves to bless. That's what he lives for, to see your life and to work goodness into your life more and more and more. Now, Jesus lives inside of us, yes? So that God of generosity is dwelling on the inside of us right now. And he is constantly creating inside of us a generous spirit as we allow him to do so. 
bit by bit by bit. When I first got, so I got saved at 22, I was a stingy man, I have to admit. A very stingy man. Can't believe how, you know, it was all about how much can I get. That was, it was the way I thought. And it's the way most people think, I'm sure, in the world. And I'd heard about tithing. I'd heard about giving 10%. And I thought, nah, that's far too much. Deary me, that's huge amounts. I will put a small offering in the basket, and that will be about enough for me. I'm not giving 10%, dearie me. Um, it's, it's quite easy to, to do your maths when it's 10. Well, I think it is anyway. You just divide by 10, and I was like, whoo I ain't giving that much. Um, but the thing, the thing that's amazing is that God seemed to be all right with that. He didn't go, right, well, that's it. You're not gonna, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. God seemed to be fine with that. But bit by bit, over the first few years of my life, or the first few months, in fact, I found that the, mo the money I was giving was getting more and more. And so what took place was that I would be praying and God would just say, just inspire more than anything into my heart. Just put in this much this week. And bit by bit, I saw the numbers go up. And it was freeing. It was inspiring. The more I did it, the more it was freeing of me. I, I didn't do it reluctantly, you know. There wasn't this, oh, sure, he wants this much this week. It wasn't like that. It was like, ah, oh, okay. That's, that's, required. that's fine. That's good. It's good to invest in these things. It's good to invest in the kingdom. And more and more, I understood why. Because I was investing in what was eternal and not what was for me. Does that make sense? I was investing in a kingdom that was going to last forever. I was investing in something that was going to be there all the time. Not just more chocolate or whatever it was that I spent my money on. Okay? Or chocolate for you, sir. <laughs> So, as far as it was, bit by bit, and that's how it is, that's the sanctification process. Jesus meets us where we are, and he just nudges us bit by bit by bit along the way. And that's exactly what he did with me, with my finances. So, in the end, we were giving more than 10%, we were giving into Christian charities. Because as it goes, we invest in what is good to see happen with our money, isn't it? Yeah, forever. We want to see a forever change. It's why CAP is so good, because it takes people out of poverty, and it imparts the love of God into them. Well, that's good. Isn't that what we stand for? Yeah? Seeing the poor and the downtrodden saved and brought into a much better place. So I think what they do there is absolutely fantastic. So we could choose to build an eternal kingdom, or we can choose to build a temporary one. And those are the questions that are always given to us. As the money that we receive as a church comes in, it helps us to run outreach events. We've got Alpha coming up soon on the 25th of April. And if you are going to bring somebody, can you please let Tom know who's here at the front? Um, or email the church and we can get an idea of who we are catering for. Because these are the things as well that enable people to get into God's kingdom and to have that eternal relationship, which is really, really, really vital. However... It's April soon, is it not? I'll, I'll do that again. However, it's April soon, is it not? Yeah. That's it. All right. Now, the gas bill's changing. For those who, have not, <laughs> who are not aware of that, and he's talking about generosity. But it would be foolish of me to actually not mention this at this point. Yeah, it's going to be a squeeze. We're all feeling the squeeze a little bit more. You only have to walk, you'll go past a petrol station to see things going on the up. That's what's happening at the moment. All right, so it's, it's vital that we actually talk about that side of things as well. 
because if we don't, then I'm going to leave you all going, oh, sure, all right, I've got to give more to church, I've got to give more to CAP, I've got it. That's not the message. The message is not that. The message is one that kingdom principles are generosity. But also, we've got a God who cares for us. Matthew 6, verses 31 to 34 says the following. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. How almost speaks for itself. Well, he does speak for itself, yeah? We can trust him because he's faithful, isn't he? Yep. I'll ask again. Is he faithful? Yeah, good. So we can trust him. We can trust him because he's true to his word, isn't he? Yes. We can trust him because he's our provider, isn't he? Yes. And those things are absolutely true. He has been paying our fuel bills all so far, hasn't he? (laughs) It's not going to stop now. All right, that's important. When we bought our first house, um, the, it's the only one we could afford was in Wadden. Oh, God, you'll like this story. The only one we could afford was in Wadden. Um, and we believed it was right to buy it, uh, but it was, the, it was literally going to wipe us out, um, apart from we had a small amount of savings as well. So we bought the thing, or we made an offer. It was accepted. It was all going through. Remember, it's the last house in the whole of Cheltenham that we could have. And we, we, we decided that that was right. We decided that we believed that God wanted us to, to buy and so we, we put down the offer, and we had enough for the deposit, whatever it was, £50,000. Can you imagine a house for £50,000 now? But £50,000 it was, still remember. And then we had an, an estimate through, because when in those days, if you wanted to buy a house, a surveyor went around to the house and said, the one that's buying has to get the house right before we're going to give you the money. Happy day. So this, in, this um, estimate came through for 1500 I still remember the figures. This estimate came through for 1,500. We had exactly 1,500 pounds in the bank. So I was good, we could, work, we could move in. We could move in, we didn't have a cooker, we didn't have a fridge, but we could move in. All right? It's okay, isn't it? We can, we can, you can live, it was the winter, you could live without a fridge in the winter. So we were all right. I don't know what we did without the cooker, but you get the idea, we were there. We were there. And so I'm looking at this survey and I'm going, all right, well we can just about do it, we're just about in. And then I looked at the bottom and he said, not including VAT. And I was like, oh man, that's 300 pounds. That's an extra, th- and you can't borrow it because the, the mortgage company want to know about anything that you borrow. So we're 300 pounds out. We're absolutely stuffed at this point. We had a friend round. He goes, oh, that's all right, just pray. I was like, oh, that's very easy to say, just pray. Just pray for 300, what's he going to do? Just materialize out of the sky. Just pray, he goes, just pray, be all right. And he walked off, and we were like, well, we're stuffed. We've got absolutely nothing we can do. I didn't tell the estate agent that we weren't buying it. I thought, let's just, we'll pray, and we'll see what happens. So we prayed. The next lunchtime, there was a telephone call from the estate agent that said that the vendor, the person selling the house, had decided to drop the price of the house by 300 pounds. So, <laughs> I actually told an atheist friend, I was working in insurance, I told an atheist friend, even he was like, oh, fair play, that's pretty good. <laughs> he 
You can't really explain that very easily. Um, he didn't know what we needed. He just thought it'd be nice. I mean, who, who does that? I'll, they're already going to give me 50 grand. Oh, I'll tell you what, I'll drop it by 300 quid. That's going to make all the difference, isn't it? But the point is that God knows your needs right now. Whatever they are. I don't know what they are, but God knows them. God knows your needs. He knows your worries. He knows what you're going through. And we can trust him to take care of all of it. However outrageous it seems, however difficult it seems, our job is to stay fixed on him. Our job is to stay fixed on building his kingdom. Our job is to stay walking in his ways. Yeah? Kingdom principles, kingdom principles, kingdom principles, again and again and again, and trust him to take care of everything else that we need. Okay? That is absolutely crucial. Whatever the season, let's remain generous. Whatever the season, in plenty and in little, God will always provide. And that there is really, really important, especially for those of us that are going through more difficult times right now, financially speaking. God is a giving God, and he desires that we grow to be more like him and also trust that he is a giving God, and he'll be there for us. What I would like us to do right now is just to pray and reflect. Is God prompting us today to grow in generous living in whatever way that is, in your time, in our in money? It doesn't matter. Is God prompting us today? Just reflect on that right now. you Jesus that we can trust you whatever our next steps are whatever our next journey is or the next part of our journey that we can trust that you are there for us amen okay um, we're just going to pray as well if I ask you all to lower your head a second if you're not a Christian here today you'd like to recommit your life are you watching online I know we have a lot of people watching online and you want to recommit or commit your life to walking with him uh, for eternity. Um, if you're here in the building, please raise your hand. Um, if it's a commitment or a recommitment, that would be great. Okay, and if it's online, then you can easily just email in. Okay, it's fantastic. Okay. Uh, right, and then what we're going to do is we're just going to have a brief time of ministry, maybe a small song if we've got time. Um, but um, I do get words of knowledge, I do get pictures uh, for people that need healing a lot these days. Um, these are the following, they're not exclusive. If you've got problems and you need healing of any way, physically, emotionally, spiritually, then please come to the front as well. We've got a team that would happily pray for you. But the things that came this time were ribs, problem with the ribs, problem with the shoulder, so, so ribs and shoulder injury, pancreas, um, and a minds, minds, that's plural, weighed down with a lot of negative thoughts and emotion at the moment. So if that's any of them are yours, then please come to the front. God is revealing things there that he wants to minister into. But uh, obviously that's not exclusive. So if you want anyone to pray into you with the things that have basically been shared today, if you want to uh, have someone to stand next to you, if you're going through the 
a tough time financially as well, then we can pray and we can stand with you and we can be there for you. Okay.